luminaries, talking to the brightest minds in tech. We are technologists and we share an awesome responsibility. The next three decades will hold even more progress, coming more quickly than ever before. A new age of miracles is literally just around the corner. Your hosts are Mark Schaefer and Douglas Carr. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Luminaries. This is Mark Schaefer with my co-host Douglas Carr. And you know, on Luminaries, we promise to bring you the brightest minds in tech, and we are going to over-deliver today with our friend Deepak Patil. Deepak serves as Virtue Streams Senior Vice President of product and technology. He's responsible for designing the solutions that enable IT transformation, which has been a theme on our show for a couple of years now. The thing I think that's so interesting about Deepak, and we're going to get into this today, he's been a proven leader in the cloud space for more than 20 years. Of course, he's with VirtuStream today, which is owned by Dell, but he's also made his mark at Oracle and Microsoft where he was responsible for engineering and operations for services like Hotmail, Messenger, and MSN.com. He designed and delivered one of the largest infrastructure platforms on the planet, Microsoft Azure, one of the fastest growing businesses in the history of Microsoft. And I'm feeling very tiny right now. <laughs> Welcome to our show. Thank you, Mark. And you're too kind. Uh, Mark and Doug, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this conversation and it should be fun. Yeah. Well, so I was I was stalking you on LinkedIn as one does. <laughs> and um, you know, you you wrote you write there that you've designed and built and managed several platforms that have turned into multi-billion dollar businesses. I mean, several. And it occurs to me that uh, that you were sort of the Elon Musk of technology. But I thought, no, wait a minute. Elon hasn't even done that. <laughs> Elon Musk is the Deepak Patil of cars. <laughs> so this, what a remarkable career you've had. You just seem to be in the right place at the right time. So can you just tell us a little bit about how you got to this place? Oh, you're too kind. And, and Elon Musk is a, is a legend, and a, <laughs> I'm a big fan. So thanks. it's quite flattering. Thank you very much. You know, it's it's a phenomenal time to be in technology and especially doing what we're doing, which is which is cloud. Every industry and every business in every industry is going through a generational transformation around the cloud. Uh, we've had, I've had about four or five major transformative forces in my lifetime. The first one happened when we went from mainframes to PCs. Second one happened with, with the advent of graphical user interface. Then the internet showed up. Then smartphones showed up. And I believe that we are in the middle of a major transformation fueled by the cloud. And I've just been very fortunate to to be in the middle of it over the last 12, 15 years and, and being surrounded by some amazing technologists, some amazing minds, and uh, been very fortunate to be able to contribute my little part in how cloud has evolved as a default computing paradigm that it is today. Well, that, uh, I'm not sure about your little part. <laughs> I, I am in awe that we are sitting here with someone that you know was there at the pioneering days of Azure. Um, in your view, how has the cloud advanced since then? Cloud has evolved a great deal. Uh, when I think about how the cloud has changed and how the cloud has changed the ecosystems surrounding the cloud, three things come to mind. 
Number one is it's 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 not a fashion statement anymore. It's ubiquitous. It's a necessity, and 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 moving to the cloud is an integral part of any CIO CTO's modernization journey for their firm. Uh, I remember having gone to conversations around con- trying to convince our customers to adopt cloud, embrace cloud seven, eight, nine years ago. Mm. And those were uphill battles. There mm. were concerns about security and mm. privacy and performance. There were challenges around relinquishment of control because when you have your workloads running in your own data centers, you at least have this perception of control over your performance and your costs. And then in the cloud, you're just taking all of your workloads and handing them to your cloud provider. And you're saying, okay, you, it's really you a, do it for it's me. It's really a cultural change, isn't it? It's a it? massive culture. It's a cul- yeah, it just occurred and to me now that yeah, yeah. it seems like such a like an obvious thing. Yes, Yes. But it, it it really is this idea of fear and control, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, the first evolution that has happened is that customers are comfortable with that now. They have embraced this this culture change. That's number one. Number two thing that has happened is this this notion of public cloud is going to win and private cloud is going to lose. That notion's proven to be wrong. I think it, everybody's acknowledged that it's it's the ecosystem it's the it's the time of the ecosystem uh the, your workloads going to live in your in your own data center in a, in dedicated servers part of your workloads are going to live in your own data center in a virtualized world part of your workloads are going to live in public cloud and some of your workloads are going to live on the edge and customers are are getting more comfortable with the fact that they're going to have these multiple operating models that are, that are going to have to work seamlessly together uh, and that's the future and the third way the cloud has evolved is we are what we are seeing is the rapid evolution of this multi-cloud ecosystem there isn't going to be an azure or an aws or a google or a virtue stream or an ibm or a vmware cloud it's all of these clouds are going to have to coexist and and data and application and information and transactions have to move seamlessly across these clouds and that's going to be the next big frontier i believe for all the cloud providers to really figure out a way to win uh, on so that the customers don't feel like uh, different clouds are getting in the way of their modernization well i'm the non-technical person here. They just add me, I think, for comic relief. <laughs> so, but as I understand it, where Dell is moving today with the cloud is addressing some of these things that you just talked about in this third phase. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that would be a good time to talk about Absolutely. this future and some of the new announcements that are coming out from Dell about how you're reimagining the future of, of cloud. It's it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal to be doing what we're doing inside Dell Technologies. One of the reasons why I came to Dell Technologies uh, about a year ago was was this fundamental belief and this knowledge that in in the way the cloud is evolving, as I mentioned, Dell Technologies, with all of its assets, from Dell to EMC to uh, Pivotal to VMware to VirtuStream to Boomi, we happen to be the only company on the planet that has the assets that span from your on-prem infrastructure to your virtualized infrastructure mm-hmm. to your hybrid cloud infrastructure as well as the edge where we can provide solutions to the customers across the entire gamut of these operating models. And what we announced today 
the the Azure solution, VMware Azure solution that is powered by VirtuStream, or the the Dell Technologies Cloud Platform that is powered by VMware, they are the beginning of the journey in many ways for us to really bring all of those uh, capabilities and those assets together. The way I describe it is we are we are just getting started on putting the power of unified Dell behind what we offer to our customers. And the next five, 10 years are going to be just amazing in terms of how all of these assets come together and what we can do for our customers. But you already have a very uh, robust heritage with VirtuStream. I mean, that it's, it's a technology that's, right. that's different from Absolutely. the other clouds out there. So talk a little bit about what you've got now with VirtuStream and what that's going to bring to the party. And VirtuStream is, it's the way I describe VirtuStream is it's, it's an industrialized cloud with personalized attention for some of the most mission critical applications out there on the planet. We don't have and we won't have 100,000 customers. We, we go after large scale enterprises with their, some of, some of their most important workloads. And we move them to, we, we architect, we design, we move them, migrate them, and we manage them in a cloud environment. When, when our cloud has issues, the, the train network in Italy comes to a standstill. When our cloud has issues, teachers in many, many states don't get their salaries. When our cloud has issues, uh, some of the most important pharmacies can't fill prescriptions for their customers. These are just some of the examples of how mission critical the workloads running in our cloud are. So VirtuStream really specializes in, in, in designing, architecting, managing mission critical applications uh, that are, that are uh, heart and soul of some of the most inter- important enterprises on the planet. That's our niche that's our differentiator and value proposition. We are the we are the one throat to choke or one hand to shake, depending on how happy the customers are. <laughs> we are the one hand to shake for the entire modernization journey for our cloud. We don't, there aren't multiple players involved. There isn't an SI and an ISV and a cloud provider involved. We are the one hand to shake. And the general philosophy we have inside VirtuStream is whenever there is an issue across the entire stack from infrastructure to application to network, uh, we are guilty until proven innocent. Wow. So we take it very seriously wow. and we understand what's riding on our cloud. I, I, I love that. I love that. You know, it's, uh, one of the things I, I write about in my in my books and talk about in my speeches that you know you you need to find a company today that says we will never let you down. I that's mean right. that's that's the mentality. Absolutely. And there's not that many companies out there that'll do that today. So I really it just tugged at my heart when you said that. So I just <laughs> it's, it's 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 great. Awesome. Yeah, that's the I just love that mindset. I, I, you know, I remember, and you were just talking about it, I remember when futurists were telling us about the cloud, yeah. and they made the parallel to energy distribution. That's you right. know, they said just someday you're just going to be metered like everything else. That's right. But multi-cloud is really different from that because each cloud, if you will, kind of has its purpose and its strengths and weaknesses. That's right. And, and Virtustream, of course, being, you know, on top of this, you know, mission critical. Can you, you know, kind of give a picture of a company and how they would you know, slice and dice the multi-cloud. Absolutely. And multi-cloud is different from a utility model in some ways, and it's not. 
I, I describe it as, as at some point in time, all of these cloud ecosystems have to come together to deliver dial tone experience. Like right. you pick up your phone and the dial tone, at least in the old days, the dial tone's always there. You expect it to be there. It's not a surprise when your phone has the dial tone. It's a surprise when it doesn't, right? What has happened over the last two, three years? So the, the customers have evolved to think differently about all of these clouds. Uh, there are some business imperatives that most of the CIOs and the CTOs who are pushing their enterprises on the modernization path are after. They are going for performance, better performance, efficiency, reliability, elasticity, extensibility, speed of innovation, if, uh, costs. There's Everybody is very clear about what results they want to drive for their business as part of their modernization journey. Mm-hmm. And they are going to ch- pick and choose the cloud platform that helps them best meet those goals. 97% of the enterprises are going to pick and choose multiple cloud platforms because it allows them to leverage different cloud providers for their respective strengths. It allows them to give negotiation leverage because if you're an enterprise, you don't want to put all of your eggs in one basket. And it allows them to really uh, future-proof their business in terms of interoperability and so on and so forth. So multi-cloud is 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 here. It's It's not a trend it's a reality right. and it's it's here to stay and the challenge for companies and the opportunities at the same time for companies like VirtuStream and the Microsoft and an Amazon is how we work together mm. to deliver that seamless experience for the customers i want to mix it up a little bit Please. because when i was again stalking you on linkedin <laughs> one of the things that you mentioned is that you're sort of an urgent learner that continuous learning is important to you and as a person in your position where the world is just changing so fast i think our listeners would be interested in how do you stay on top of these things how what how do you sort things out how do you remain relevant in in your in your world at the at the top of the tech stack so I think three things. Number one is we've, we've all, especially in working in technology, are always very fortunate to be surrounded by people who are hands-on and, and focused on innovation, have their pulse uh, on the market, in the technology. Uh, and I I have been very fortunate to, to have people around me who, who I really enjoy exchanging ideas and information about what's happening and trends. I mean, I'm just coming from a meeting where we kind of talked about the future of, for example, software-defined networking and what's going to happen and, and how we should think about it and where it is going to be five years from now. A couple of days ago, we had we had a debate about the perils and the benefits of AI, for example. So taking advantage of your network and, and really engaging in these these both technical intellectual conversations is a key part of that second thing is uh, at least i have been fortunate about in terms of uh, some of the habits is getting to know the products and getting to know my own product as well as the competitive products really 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 well so i use my own platform i use my competitors platform quite frequently mm. and and i understand i try to at least understand where this is going and third third component is reading I, I, in the information age 
there's there's so many resources available like your podcast for example right? there's so many amazing resources available and people like myself we spend so much time on the road in the in the in the flights i mean i whenever somebody asks me where where do you work from i say terminal b <laughs> <laughs> so so we do spend so much time uh, on the road that uh, using that time creatively and intelligently to really read and learn uh, and then correlate all of that into my role and into the future strategy and investments for my company is a key part of my my job. Yeah. It's it's interesting. I always you didn't mention conferences or anything like that. <laughs> Because I mean it's 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 interesting that I think the world of conferences is changing a lot. It was something I sort of expected to hear but didn't but didn't hear from you. So conferences are important yeah. especially for meeting with customers and partners. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I spend a lot of time meeting with customers and conferences are probably the best time to meet customers. Yeah. I mean yeah. over next 3 days my calendar is full with with customer meetings and and one of the key aspects of establishing myself as a trusted confidant and an advocate for my customers is to listen. Uh, I have two ears and one mouth and I try to do justice to the ratio. Uh, so listening to the customers and listening to what challenges they are facing and how they perceive the cloud migration and the modernization journey and the challenges is a key part of this process and a key benefit of conferences. So I love this idea that uh you really focus on the customers because the other thing that I that I read about you that I liked is that you said that you're deeply obsessed with right. customer happiness. That's right. That's sort of one of your personal mantras. That's right. So what else is part of that? Do you have a formal process other than talking to customers at events? I mean, what is your process for that obsession? That's right. The the it is it is not enough when especially when when you're in the cloud business it is not enough to be committed to customers or or, or to to learn about customers it is i i deliberately choose the word obsessed and it's important to 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 think about it because because of the relinquishment of control part that i mm. talked about right every single cio and cto as the chart their modernization path and as they make these huge bets on cloud providers like ourselves they're bidding their own jobs they're bidding their own shops they're bidding their entire business on my and my company's abilities to support their business it's a big responsibility it's a big leap they are making so the least i can do is to be empathetic to the risk they are making take the time make the commitment to learn and understand their challenges their priorities and then establish myself as this this trusted confidant we and and I've been in the industry long enough to know that we're going to be all in it's a very very small industry so even if somebody doesn't choose me today as their their cloud provider 10 years from now I'll be in some role and they'll be in some role and our paths will cross uh so leaving every engagement better than where I started is a key part of how I try to conduct myself and the customer obsession and commitment to the to deep commitment to their happiness and their success comes from from all of this experience I've gathered over the last 20 25 years Let's talk about that risk a little bit because I think Please. that's an important notion. Yeah. Um, with the multi-cloud and an underlying 
you know, theme of most of our podcasts this year have been AI, you know, mm-hmm. artificial intelligence. It seems that there's a really great role for AI to help mitigate the risk of a company maybe, you know, hand-selecting the wrong multi-cloud environment. Is there is that already underway? It'll happen. It'll happen. It'll accelerate. It is already underway. And the the mechanics, the AI will play in the cloud, both, it's, it's a two-way mechanic. Number one is how does cloud fuel widespread growth, adoption, evolution of AI as a key part of how we conduct ourselves? That's number one, right? Cloud helping AI. And the other part is how does AI help cloud in terms of choice of cloud, evolution of cloud, management of cloud. So it's a bi-directional thing that that is, I, I do believe that our industry is just getting started down that path in that journey. So cloud computing obviously has, has come to the forefront because it's, you know, affordable, secure, reliable, right. all of those pieces. Um, but, but tuning the platform for each customer needs can be quite expensive. Uh, how, how is your company helping, you know, to balance that? So Stream, as I mentioned, specializes in modernization cloud journey for some of the most mission-critical applications that our customers run, right? Uh, and we take care of their entire journey. We, we, we think about planning, migration, integration, and optimization as kind of the four pillars of the journey our customers go through. And we have several hundred experts who are who are doing cloud migrations for the last 10 years. Mm. And the way I describe them, I kind of steal this uh, term from that state farm commercial. We, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Yeah. So we've done so many migrations to the cloud now over the last 10 years that we know the potholes and we know the roadblocks and we know the trends and the patterns. So this, this team, I have a professional services team that is really good at at taking workloads, uh, tuning the workloads, customizing the workloads for their cloud journey, and then moving those to the cloud. We we conduct several dozen such migrations every quarter. Once the workloads are running in the cloud, we work very closely with our customers, very, very closely with our customers on integrating those workloads into their broader cloud and non-cloud ecosystem, as well as tuning the workloads for the best performance, best reliability, best security. Uh, A key part of this entire endeavor is really combining the platform, application, infrastructure expertise that my people have with the the core business expertise that our customers' people have. Mm. Many a times, we essentially just put the two teams in a room and say, okay, now just work on this over the next several days and figure out a way to best optimize whatever the business imperative the customer is going through. And one of the things that I tell customers when I meet with the CIOs and CTOs as they are starting their modernization journey is be very clear about what you want to get out of your modernization and your cloud journey. If it is cost and efficiency, let's go after that. If it is performance and reliability, let's go after that. If it is innovation speed and extensibility and elasticity, let's go after that. Other things will follow as well. But everybody always have a prioritized list of business results they want to achieve as part of their modernization and and helping them get that clarity, establishing benchmark of where they're at today 
establishing targets of what they're expecting, and then getting our two teams to work together as one cohesive unit to go after those results is a is a is a model. It's a framework that we have. We've exercised it, exercised it with many customers, and we will continue to exercise it because it works. Well, I've, I've so enjoyed our conversation today, and I think if I had uh, a Deepak Patil word cloud. <laughs> One of the words that would be coming out today is clarity. It's a word I've heard a lot in our conversation uh-huh. today. And I know one of the other things that's sort of your uh, your part of your personal mantra is simplicity. That's right. And, 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 you know, I see this in so many great leaders. They have the ability to take the complex and distill it into the simple. That's really a great leadership quality. Uh, how do you apply that in your own life, you're in this tech hurricane that seems to me at least anything but simple. But how do you apply that in your own life, in your in your career? I think uh, it's a great question. And I, again, I've been, I, I, I joined Microsoft in, in my late teens or kind of very early 20s and, and been very fortunate to have been surrounded by some amazing leaders who have uh, imbibed this kind of clarity of thought mantra and, and really trying to get clarity and simplicity across everything. But if 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 you if you think about it, especially as a leader, uh one of the one of the amazing quotes that Jeff Bezos had that I, I really hold near and dear to my heart is a key to scaling as a as a leader is to successfully transition from making a lot of small decisions to making few big decisions mm. and getting good at that. And that's been something that I, I really try to strive at in terms of really focus on few big decisions that I have to make and then break down those few big decisions into smaller decisions because everything is always an amalgamation of a lot of smaller forces here and there at play. Uh, once you get better at breaking down big decisions into smaller units, things become a lot simpler. And once it is simple, it becomes a lot easier to tackle. And once you have that clarity of thought where you're not, when, where, where you know what's below the line that you're not going to worry about, but what's above the line that you're always going to prioritize, things become a lot easier. Yeah, similar philosophy. I got to study under Peter Drucker. Oh, wonderful. And one of his uh, ideas that he would always teach was uh, to teach us about, which had a big impact on me. He said that the role of the leader is to not have all the right answers, is to have all the right questions, That's to right. know the right Absolutely. questions to ask. Yeah. So uh, Deepak Patil, Senior Vice President of Product and Technology at VirtuStream, what a delight. Uh, the time has just flown by. We so appreciate your time. And uh, we appreciate all of you. Thanks for listening. We never take you for granted. Uh, Leave us a note. Let us know what you're thinking. Be sure to visit the Luminaries uh, page on the Dell site. We'll have lots of bonus material that you can learn more about Deepak and what he's doing with VirtuStream and cloud computing at Dell. And until next time, this is Mark Schaefer and Douglas Carr saying so long for Luminaries. Luminaries. Talking to the Brightest Minds in Tech, a podcast series from Dell Technologies.